Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Episode number 57 of My AI Love Affair. It's Ronsley, and I am in another hotel room bringing you this amazing two-part series with the legend that is Shafat Hashmi. He is so phenomenal that I take any opportunity I get to hang out with this person because he's got so much of wisdom and he's got an impressive portfolio of over 42 companies and serves as a board member to over 25 startups. He is the founder and CEO of Brandbeat Global. He's got Stalin Investments. He is a legend in the entrepreneur space. And I highly recommend that you listen to this two-part series. The first part, we talk about spirituality as a foundation for business ethics. Now, this is a really important conversation because more and more we're seeing how artificial intelligence is really needing an ethical framework so that we can all operate from and make sure that we're not destroying other things that we're that, that could happen while we're going for our goals. We talk about the misconception about fake it till you make it. We talk about brand, brand identity and maintaining brand trust while growing through a growth period. This is a really cool two-part series. Part one coming up. Come, let's learn. Hey, it's Ron Slake. Welcome, you AI geek, to this podcast my AI love affair. Consider this podcast your digital compass guiding you through the labyrinth that is business growth using artificial intelligence. Running a business as a creative can sometimes be like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. But what if you had a secret tool that could align all the colors for you? That is AI. It's like a master key unlocking multiple doors. Thanks for being here. Let's learn. Shafat, thank you so much for making the time. Big pleasure to prepare for this interview, by the way. I've got so many questions to ask you, and I want to start with your heritage. The question I wanted to ask is, your heritage from the Hashmat bloodline and its spiritual impact is quite profound. How has that influenced your approach to business and investment? I think when any element of the universe is created, it is usually very unstable. And the environment and the energies around the universe, they help it stabilize it, just like the earth, the planets, atom. And spirituality gives you that stability once we are born. It gives you that foundational fundamentals of the value systems, of your belief systems, of humanity of fostering peace and your purpose in this world. And I think spirituality has played this amazing role, which has taught us to give first, to treat people equally, to love people unconditionally without expectations, and to contribute to the society and the communities and the world around us, be it through innovation, technology, investments, you know, building brands or creating job opportunities. So if I were to step back and say we had no spirituality or say we had no religion, right? Maybe there's a difference between spirituality and religion. I have the feeling that humans in nature kind of have right and wrong figured out without religion being part of it. Do you disagree? I think religion is something extremely personal. And religion basically starts from belief. Whether you believe in yourself or you believe in God. 
or you believe in your own confidence, or you believe in someone's success, or principles, or facts, you know, that is religion. So religion has been sort of misunderstood. I think it's more fact-based compared to us fighting over history. And there are also, you know, narratives and opinions. So that's the purpose of religion. Now, how do I see ourselves in humanity without spirituality? I think if we don't have the spirit, we won't conquer the space. We won't be sitting on top of Mount Everest. We won't be doing a lot of things that we do which are out of sheer spirit to achieve something, to access and tap into our own potential. This, you say spirit gives us purpose. Is that fair to say? Spirit, I believe, is the fuel for our purpose. When you think of purpose, how do you define it and can we redefine it as we grow up? Uh, I think you're spot on. Purpose, goals, objectives, mission, they all transform and change as we grow. Because as our exposure is increased, as the world around us changes, as things in our own life changes, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, economically, financially, mm. socially, and the way our knowledge base increases, our purpose definitely changes. And purpose is something which I think is something that even in the late 60s, 70s, you might have a new purpose in your life. And I think that is what keeps us alive. I'm curious, how do you balance your personal and business values when, you know, when it comes to your ventures and when it comes to all, you've done a lot in your lifetime. When you think about that, have you ever come across times where the balance between personal and business values have challenged you in some way? No, never. I think when I used to do a job, so obviously my personal values were different compared to our corporate value system. And sometimes in, in the corporates, it's like you throw somebody under the bus and then you don't care, right? Because it's corporate, it's business. And, but this is how the corporate sector or Wall Street or many other sectors or Silicon Valley operates. It's okay in Silicon Valley to fake it until you make it. It's not okay with me. It's okay in Wall Street that if someone's not performing, you just throw them under the bus. And it's okay to have a morning meeting where you actually give everybody a bad start of the day by shouting at them and screaming at them with a, with a negative uh, start. It's okay in the business sector to just simply crunch numbers and don't consider humans as humans. And there's no space for human errors. I think my personal values include developing and empowering people and understanding the humanity behind business. So at a leadership position, it's not my personal values which matter. It is our shared values which matter. Values that we can all share, implement and create a community and a culture within the organization and share that outside the organization when we deal with our vendors, suppliers, stockholders and customers. What is a quote that drives you crazy? Because this is the fake it till you make it drives me mental because it's seen as a badge of honor in a lot of the circles. I'm sure there are things like that that are just repeated in the business world that must be misaligned in some way. Does anyone come to mind? I don't really want to, you know, blame anyone or say something, but all I can share with you is I remember back in the old days, we used to wear some jeans early 90s, you know, and it would say original <laughs> on the label. So it's true with whiskeys. So it's true with, you know, a lot of fashion stuff. And it said original. And I'm a branding guy. So I believe in the power of brands. And I think 
our unique individuality, our unique fingerprint, our unique perspective is our brand. Mm. Our unique us is our brand. And therefore, the more original we are, the better it is. However, originality does not mean that you stop developing yourself or stop investing in yourself to grow. And you just become stale that this is what I am, this is who I am, and that's me being original. Being original means that how adaptable you are to learn, how flexible you are to adopt, what is your potential to be empathetic towards the world around you, and how willing you are to tap into your own potential. And that's being really original because we always have to kind of mine ourselves deep to find the real core, the real crux of ourselves, find out our strengths and weaknesses, and then leverage on the strengths and work on our weaknesses. I say this a lot because I find that nothing is original, in my opinion. I feel like all my great ideas are built on someone else's ideas that I've picked a few things here and there. And a lot of the times when I say something, especially when I say something on stage, I'm hearing it for the first time. It's come out of my mouth for sure, but I've not thought about it before. It's like a download from the heavens. Sometimes I feel like that. And you spoke about brand being such a huge part of you and how much you believe in it. Brand identity, I feel, is, you know, every business has one. With your personal values and the corporate values, how does a founder define their brand identity? Is it a direct reflection of themselves? Or is it something that they have to keep separate and then build a separate entity and have a different identity for their corporate or their whatever company they're founding? We are living in a world where we're looking at two brands simultaneously. And one is your personal brand and one is your business brand. Mm -hmm. Now, being a founder, being in a leadership position, or even being an employee working somewhere as a professional, you do need some kind of a personal identity and a personal brand, be it on LinkedIn, be it on your socials, be it you having your own website, or be you having your own media kit. And just telling the world that this is what you are, this is your skill set, this is what you stand for, and this is you, that's a personal brand. And a business brand is something very different. Now, whether you're doing a personal brand or a business brand, in personal brand, yes, you can project your own style, your own liking of who you are, and maybe like-minded people is what you would attract. Personal brand can also be built on how you want everybody else to perceive you, right? Mm. And then you could pick that up and just put that vision out there in your brand identity that this is how I would like to be related with. So there are two purposes of creating a brand identity. Number one is a differentiation, a unique signature that yeah. people can recall. And number two is something that people can relate with mm. when they look at it. What is a brand? A brand is your commitment and your promise. That is what a brand is. A brand is all about delivering on your promise, on your commitment, whatever is the brand promise over and over again, repeatedly without fail. And so with business brands as well, your identity should be something that others can relate to that really reflects your vision. If you're a clean, neat tech brand, you need to go with tech, clean fonts, very simplistic. You need to look at how it would be applied when it's put up in a little box and an icon on a very small screen on a phone. So it's application on multiple you know, areas. What kind of unique color palette you want to use? What does those color represent? Why are they there? How do people perceive those colors, right? So it's just the overall experience when you put out a brand identity. And brand identity is the seed of that customer experience, user journey that you're trying to build. When you're thinking about brand, 
uh, in particular, that trust that is built in the marketplace that normally gets put on the back burner. Is there a way that we can consciously keep that in mind when we're growing a business because there's so many moving parts, we've got to get clients coming in, we have to hire a new team, we have to find a way to keep operations <laughs> running, we've got to find a way to grow the culture, we've got all these different elements happening and a lot of us in business are learning those things for the first time. It's like way past our pay grade. Is there a way for people like us to keep brand front and center while we're going through all these things? Absolutely. I think it's all about how you structure it mm -hmm. and how you structure your leadership and how you structure your company. It's always a trickle down. Whatever the founder or the top guy is doing, everybody will try to become like him or like her. The way you dress up, the way you talk, the way you show up. If you're disciplined and organized, everybody in your team would be organized and disciplined. But if you are not, no matter how many processes you put, people won't be disciplined. If you are somebody who cares about the brand and makes sure that the brand is represented correctly, according to the manual, according to the guidelines, and you yourself is holding on to the value system really tight, you would be able to become that mentor and a leader compared to becoming a boss in that company. Mm -hmm. And leadership is all about not only you yourself juggling with a lot of things at the same time, it's about delegation. Leaders just learn how to delegate it well. And also we have our 24 hours. It's very important to understand how you prioritize your day. Who do you prioritize? Why do you prioritize? Like my own self, I really don't like to waste time. I don't go on lame conferences or just random networking events because there is more that I can achieve otherwise with my customers, to understand my customers, to understand the world around me compared to investing and spending time on something which is so self-driven, is rather objectified by self-validation and social validation. Business leaders don't really care about that. We care about deliverables and impact. There's a lot of self-confidence that comes from the way you're speaking and a lot of us, and I say us, I'm talking about entrepreneurs in general, I feel like we're still learning to be confident in our skills. We're still learning to accept the world for the way it is and let the world accept us for the way we are. Where does your self-confidence come from? Faith in God. And I know for a fact that I have enough skill sets. Business is 100% risk. I've seen three crashes in my life. And I know that if I don't have business, I can still play music on the street and I won't die hungry. I play piano, I play guitars. You know, I could, I could go look for a nine to five in some company and start working. I could become a fractional something, right? So that's the confidence where it comes from that my wealth or assets are balanced out of our liabilities. That's what a balance sheet is, right? <laughs> yeah. So no matter how big you grow that, ultimately is balanced out from the liabilities around it, right? So wealth can go away, right? Assets can depreciate. You can lose them. Things can happen where there's a lockdown and suddenly you start losing a lot of your business related to hospitality, hotels, whatnot. What you cannot lose is your own skill set. That's yours. The question is, how do you leverage it? How do you improve it? How do you increase it? And then how do you monetize it? Yeah.
So the confidence comes from there that I'm somebody who is extremely comfortable if you put me on a street in Lahore or Delhi and tell me, Shafat, from tomorrow you're sleeping on the footpath with all the honking of the buses and the hustle bustle of the people and there is no fan and it's extreme heat or extreme cold. I'm comfortable there and I'm comfortable in Burj Al Arab in the presidential suite. Is that because you've seen both sides? It's because I've practiced to live on both sides and I've tamed my body, my mind, my heart to practice to stay like this. How did you arrive at this point? I'd love to hear your thesis on the practice of both sides. Preparedness is important. Life is a test, it's an exam, and you need to be prepared for everything, the best and the worst. I could be anything in my life, but I can never be cheap as a personality, as a character, as a human. And when you go to the best of the best, you need to learn the etiquettes, the grace to be rubbing shoulders with the top. And when you are at the lowest of the lowest of the financially strapped fabric of the society, you need to be that humble and you need to learn that humility to be there. Because honestly, there is absolutely no difference between the one on top and the one at the rock bottom. They both have the same brain, same two arms, two legs, same heart, same eyes, same lips, same ears. They're humans, they're just like us. There's absolutely no difference between one or the other. And I have seen in my life that it takes one single moment for you to rise from a nobody to a president and from a president to be behind bars. Wow. I mean, I was prepared for a lot of things, but I was not prepared for being prepared with your preparedness. It was, it was very well put. I want to know, what are your hobbies? You mentioned guitar, you mentioned piano. What are the things that you like doing when you're not building business? Building business. <laughs> I think that's, that's my hobby. Uh, I love to create. I love to extend. Uh, I love to give. So when I'm really not doing anything, this never happens that I'm not doing anything. I'm always doing something. And I'm always doing something productive. There are some things that you want to do for yourself because if me, myself, is healthy and good, I could perform better. Uh, if I'm well-rested, I'm in a good mood. I can eat, I'm even more efficient. So those are the things that I would do for myself. But ultimately, if you look at it from a bigger canvas, I'm actually doing it again for my business mm -hmm. or for people. You know, I'll share this. When you are at a certain position of power or leadership, it is the responsibility that keeps you awake. The responsibility of so many families who work with you because you need to make sure that their homes and taps are running. The responsibility of keeping that trust that your customers have put in by giving them your hard-earned money, be it a $5 to buy a t-shirt of your brand, you need to make sure that you deliver on that commitment and that promise. You're responsible to excite them, to delight them, to actually give them real value. And you're responsible for paying your suppliers and vendors who are also running families and running their businesses. That responsibility towards the community, to, to giving back, is something that really doesn't give me time to, you know, for some random hobbies. I do take breaks. I take short breaks. 
five minutes for my prayer, another three, four minutes for just playing piano or composing something in 10 minutes or a couple of songs, or maybe just go for a drive for five minutes, you know, around while traveling somewhere and just put something nice to calm myself out. But what's something that I love to do as a hobby is to share whatever I've learned and to learn from others. My hobby is really with this belief that learning is a two-way street. Mm. So whether you're sitting with the best of the best gurus or mentors, you might learn something and they might learn something from you. And whether you're on the side of being a teacher, there's a lot of things to learn from my own two kids, from everybody around me, you know. New hires and internees teach me so many things in our office that I'm like, oh my God, where did that come from? <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, AI Geek, thanks for listening. Your job doesn't stop here. I want you to lend your voice to the conversation. So you can join those conversations, discussions, new trainings, new recordings, and the rest of the AI Geeks by going to aigeeks.co slash discord. Also, share this podcast with a friend, another potential AI Geek. Until then, much love. 